Do we have crime on our mind? Welcome back. I'm Marlene Bonin. I think we do. And I hope we are not about to have more scales fall from our eyes when it comes to the reality of crime. There seems to be a lot of it. We've seen it in the United States, even after the pandemic, during the pandemic, this aggression and this violence. And sometimes it was little stuff on the street and sometimes it was big stuff. And here in Canada, we're wondering, as I said, the Saskatchewan rampage just finishing up an inquiry in Nova Scotia, and that was two years ago, and now we have the greater Toronto shootings and the killing of a police officer and the killing of another father. What was going on in the criminal's mind? And now we know he had a, a very long criminal history. We're also learning that the spa killer said he was inspired by the Toronto van attack, inciting and talking about this incel rebellion. Are we being inspired? And I use that term lowly and loosely. Are we being inspired by the United States of America? Where is this coming from? Should we be concerned? Brad Hunter joining us live tonight, national crime columnist for the Toronto Sun. Brad, good evening. Good evening, Arlene. How are you doing? I am good. We have wondered about this and been sitting there with furrowed brows for years, and then we toss it aside here and kind of say, oh, no, that is America. And boy, they have it in spades, and they have it in spades these days, Brad. But we cannot look away. It is sitting in front of us. What do you make of the context of all these violence? two rampages in a very short time and learning more about other killers here. Well, you'd mentioned earlier COVID on your, on your introduction and uh, Hank Dingo, who's uh, head of homicide here in Toronto. And he told me this, you know, a year ago that they're seeing more mental health issues in the homicides that they're dealing with. And so people who have, a tenuous grip on reality or a tenuous social circle or whatever, all they can do is sit and turn molehills into mountains. And if they're uh, touching upon uh, um, social media, then that's just more gasoline to the fire. That's, that's my opinion, and like everything else, we import stuff from the United States, particularly in the culture. Now, we're certainly, you know, nowhere near, you know, uh, the United States in terms of that, but you're quite right in, in calling it disconcerting. It is, especially when we learn, we learn there's been a, a long history, if we go with the Saskatchewan killings and those in the in greater Toronto area, we look and say, long, long history. We ask questions about parole. That's kind of a Canadian thing. We've done that many times. How come they're out? Are we too lenient? But then we also try to get inside their minds. And Brad, certainly you do this as a national crime colonist. The psychology of it, what, what makes the person feel that's the way out, what lures them to this. Brad, as you say, the pandemic could, could crank it up. And are we doing enough about it? And, I, and when I say that sentence, I don't know. Can we do anything about it? Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I would, the, the optimist uh, in me says, uh, yeah, certainly. But, you know, I mean, the, the usual, you know, trope is, 
you know, tractor trailer loads of uh, money. And obviously some money put in the right place would actually help. But, you know, the one thing is, too, is police in Toronto, are, uh, which I've written about a number of times, are, are clearing the homicide unit in Toronto is one of the best in North America. They're closing over the last few years. Uh, they're closing above 80% of their homicides. That number is unheard of almost anywhere anymore. So they're catching more guys, and the homicide rate isn't up. It just is uh, they're more shocking and more brazen. I mean, there was no interaction with uh, Constable Hong at all. It was uh, execution straight up, no doubt. And, and, you know, I hear from people every week when it comes to matters of parole and, and things like that. And it's just and the judgment in it, it often seems just shockingly bad. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about a kid who's 17, his girlfriend's pregnant and he knocks off the corner store, but nobody's heard or anything like that. Right. Uh, you know, I'm talking about, you know, these, these are kind of, when you've crossed the line to kill somebody, then you've put yourself in a different league and should be treated as us. And, and we don't seem to be willing to do that. And, you know, quite frankly, we, we, you know, we treat, uh, 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 sex assault, particularly on children, the same way as if, you know, it's a, a glorified parking ticket. We've done it before. I mean, we've had movements. Certainly when Stephen Harper was prime minister, there was a movement for mandatory sentences. I mean, are we rethinking, Brad? You know, pendulum goes in crime, back and forth and back and forth. You know, are we, are we too vicious locking people up? Can we rehab them? And let's face it, when it comes to corrections, their job is to correct, not so much to make anybody suffer. So, I mean, we have all these opposing opposing reasons and methods and do they work together anymore? Well, I think, I think part of the thing is, is that you're, you're seeing a disconnect from the political class to main street. Now, uh, in my column in tomorrow's paper, I mean that the, you know, the, you know, a, a majority of Canadians would like to see a return to capital punishment. I won't argue uh, the merits of that for or against, but you would never hear that conversation in the august uh, halls of uh, Parliament Hill. And, you know, people wonder why. I get calls, you know, why is this person being sent to a healing lodge? There, I mean, uh, I think of Carrie Lynn Matitra. Absolutely, yeah. Who, who had a hand in the murder of young Tory Stafford. And after a few years in the joint, she's going to a healing lodge. She's not even native. And, you know, and the, the people in the, the nearby uh, reserve were equally enraged. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Who thought that was a good idea? Who was the person that thought, my God, let's do this for her? I mean, obviously you want to correct her, but, you know, murdering a seven-year-old girl, you've pretty much crossed the line that you can never come back from. No, and I have to be honest with you, you know, I, I, I'm still not over that crime. I am not over it. Way, right. way, right. yeah, w- way too much. And I 
I, I really am. I, I cannot express that enough. That was something. Brad, let me ask you, though, and then there's the other aspect of what people do. We're seeing this, you know. We can't look away. We're seeing this. We saw it in Nova Scotia. We saw it in Saskatchewan. We saw it here. Are people looking at a template and saying, oh, if I go over here and then I go over here and I go over here? People in Canada, I'm just being honest, people in Canada didn't seem to do that before. No, they didn't. An interesting thing, and this was a got from a uh, you know Harper's Index about ten years ago that the your high end gamer you know generally scores better on shooting than most cops right and mm-hmm. and look at these things it's like they're going into you know a video simulation yeah you got it uh, guy pops up you know I, I was doing it Saturday night at Mercade. You know, and, you know, the guy pops up over there, right? And you can get desensitized to that sort of stuff mm-hmm. fairly quickly, particularly if you've got nothing else going on in your life. Uh, yeah, you know. so it's it's all coming around here. You got uh, the new stuff we're doing and the gaming, and you're right. And I've, I've wondered that as well, because that's how they, they do it. And then we have darkness and all all sorts of things out too soon policing brad hunter national crime columnist for the toronto sun thank you brad appreciate your time thank you arlene you take care of yourself all right i will thank you i'm arlene blind and this is on point canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime history and the paranormal Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.